there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, still adapting to the impending Tier 3 life that we must now lead. I feel like we're getting our comeuppance because I think when we were so for people that live outside the UK perhaps um you may recall maybe a month ago or so we were talking about tears because the country was carved up into tears depending on how bad coronavirus was and we were in tier 1 uh, where we live which was the lowest tier but we were very Living close to tier 2 which which London was and we were able to sort of laugh almost at people just across the street because they were in a higher tier, and now the, it's flipped. We've gone up two, <laughs> and they've stayed the same. So now we are more screwed than they are. And, Kent um, three, London two. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we can't go cinema, we can't go out for dinner, can't go to the pub. Um, um, no, but I can still go and play football on a Wednesday evening and a Sunday morning. Right. But you Nonsense. can't then go and hang out with the people that you've played football with in an indoor setting or an outdoor setting unless you're only with five of them. Yes. Is correct. that correct? I think that's where yes. we're at now. <laughs> yeah. But was... the ones that live in London can go to the pub to have a substantial meal with a pint. Uh, right. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. I think. I think I'm with but you. I'm technically not allowed to join them because I'm tier three. That's correct. I'm finding out new rules all the time. We did a story at Workstay. And by the way, um, I should just apologise. This podcast, I can tell you already, although we are recording it on a Saturday as we normally do, this podcast will be arriving with you slightly late. Uh, it'll either be late Sunday or maybe even Monday that you're listening to this. And the reason is that uh, this week our podcast has been brought to you by Curry's. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, that's just a little joke out, uh, for everyone out there who's ordered a PlayStation 5 from Curry's and a week and a half later has no idea what's going on but are 450 quid down. <laughs> <laughs> you should have used a uh, upstanding company like Very.co.uk. I, I, I should have done, but alas... Um, yeah, I did not. I put my faith in curries, and uh, yeah. so far it's not been redeemed at all. You, uh, you poor previous generation peasant. I know, I know. How is the current generation life treating you? Because you have managed to get your hands on a uh, one of those fridges. Oh, sorry, the have, Xboxes. Yeah. Um, it's cool, you know. Uh, keep it's fit a couple of cans in there. Uh, it's uh, it's. <sighs> big you know it is big um, well I've, I've it's heard not the... as big as the playstation but no i was gonna say like if the um the the yaks box looks kind of like the uh the sort of obelisk right from space odyssey yes uh, and then yeah. ps5 is the space station from that film <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the uh, context for you yeah the one of the most first world problems uh to date my tv uh, is on the left of my desk. Okay. Uh, like, to the left. So yeah. my Xbox is on my desk, but also on the left-hand side of my desk. So uh, to the right of the TV. 
to the right of the TV, to the left of me. But that means that when I'm sat at my desk, I can see the feet that are permanently stuck to the side of the Xbox. If that makes sense. Oh, I see. The Xbox can be stood up like an obelisk or uh -huh. laid down on its side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see those feet. I got you. Right. Yeah, I feel like the Xbox is uh, in, in its quest to be very sort of simple and minim minimalist. There are a few things about its design that I wish were a little bit more customizable. Like I would probably, you know, m more likely position it horizontally, but then it, it's going to annoy me that the Xbox button is the wrong way up. And I, yes. I feel like the yeah. PS3 solved this problem 15 years ago by allowing you to rotate the PlayStation logo <laughs> on the thing. <laughs> you could It was on a little twisty dial and you could spin it round. Yeah. Obviously a the, bit the, harder the for Xbox because it's a button. It's a button, yeah. But still. Um, what is really cool is... I, so I've got a Harmony Elite... A uh, Logitech Harmony Elite controller, which is like a smart... Uh, do you know the old one for all controllers, the universal remotes? I do. It's also um, not a sponsor. Also not a sponsor. None of this is sponsored. We don't get paid for any of this. No. Um, I literally plug my Xbox in and the controller just works seamlessly straight away. That's weird. How does um, it How does it know? How does it do that? It's just, it's because the software is the same, right? Um, so... Um, and the Xbox has an IR receiver in it still, so yeah, seamless. Oh. Um, and because obviously the dashboard is identical, so my um, macros all worked perfectly. It was kind of mad. That sounds um, bliss. Yeah, uh, that does sound bliss. I don't know. I don't know how to get any of that stuff to it. I mean, I'm still impressed when, by the fact that I can control the volume of my soundbar with my. TV remote, which is a different brand, and my Apple remote, uh, and my and my phone, I can I can control the volume with all these different remotes, and the soundbar just knows what's going on. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this sounds is, like a whole other level. This is one that is one downside of the new Xbox. So on the Xbox One X uh, and all of the Xboxes, really, there was an IR blaster, so you could control any device with the IR blaster, like turn the volume up, turn the volume down, mute it, that sort of thing. The new Xbox Series X doesn't have a blaster. It does TV control via HDMI uh, CEC. So it uses it sends a signal up and down the HDMI cable to turn the TV on and off and turn the volume up and down. My TV doesn't support CEC, so I can no longer control the volume of my TV through my Xbox controller. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for everybody because I'm sure there are plenty of nerds who listen to this and I count myself among nerds, but you're deep in the weeds here when it comes to technological gobbledygook and I'm lost. I need a machete okay. to chop my way out of here. Help, help, help. I'm lost in the weeds. Somebody help me. Somebody, please. Um, I'll, I'll, try no and find, you, I'll try and find my way out by the end of this podcast, hopefully. Uh, yes, the real reason the podcast is running late today is not because it's being delivered by Curry's, because then, frankly, you wouldn't have a podcast at all. Uh, I, I've, I've been at work today on the early shift, and um, I'm only just managing to stay awake, to be honest. It's been a... Oh, we've lost him. He's falling asleep. Typical. Always doing this. He does this on the Xbox. But you play on FIFA and you'll just fall asleep halfway through a game. It's incredible. Tom? Tom? Oh. Oh, 
Hello. Oh, it's back. I'm here. And I'm, I'm out of the weeds. As Taylor Swift oh, once God. said, I'm out of the weeds. <sighs> That's how that one goes, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, well, how's I going to not... get, get onto this? Oh, yes. Oh, when we were talking about the tears and how confusing they are, I, I'm learning yes. something new about them every day. Today at work, we're getting there, we're getting there. Uh, we're not at theme parks yet, but we'll get there too. Uh, today I learned that shops that sell Christmas trees, specifically real ones, have been allowed to reopen since last week um, during lockdown. So for, for context, people, as of recording, um, we are still in like a proper lockdown because when they worked out the tiers weren't working, we went into a proper lockdown again. And now, as of recording, we're about three or four days away from coming out of lockdown and back into tiers, but stricter tiers than before. The lockdown wasn't working. But, and and as part of us coming out of lockdown, non-essential retail will be able to reopen. However, um, during the lockdown itself, Christmas tree shops were reclassified as essential retail and were allowed to open last week, kind of under the radar. Because we were doing a story at work about how thieves had stolen about 300 Christmas trees from a Christmas tree shop. And I was and I was like, and there was a line in the story that said, oh, it happened the night before they were due to reopen. And I was asking the question of the person who'd written it, like, I'm a bit confused by this because shops aren't reopening until this, like, three days from now. So how's this? Yeah, I don't get it. The time reference doesn't make sense to me. And I was like, no, 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 the Christmas tree shop's was apparently open, so I looked into it a bit more, and it turned out, yes, Christmas tree shops were, were uh, promoted to essential retail last week. So they've they've wow. been allowed to open because, obviously, it's Christmas, Josh, and Christmas is essential. Christmas is essential. You know what's not um, essential, though? Been going... Eid oh. and Diwali. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Yeah, our next-door neighbours are having, like, a virtual Diwali uh the other week, which is kind of cool. They, they, uh, one of the best things about, I think, not about Christmas, because I find Christmas isn't like this at all, because Christmas is about family and no one else. Um, certainly in the UK, but, uh, Christmas, other... Christmas is about getting new PlayStation games and for one yeah. day a year, your family feigning interest in the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Look how good this looks. That's what that's about. Um, uh, but Diwali and, uh, other, um, I guess non-traditionally British holidays, um, you could say. Uh, they're they're all all of the they're all great people, and they share. Uh, they create extra food to give to their neighbours. Um, so our next door neighbours gave us some paneer curry, which was awesome. Uh, you know, better best holidays. Uh, Diwali should be a national holiday, uh, along with uh, Eid and all of the other ones. There you go. I said it. And for everyone, and I think the entire period of fasting leading up to Eid should also be a holiday. So we all get weeks and weeks off. <laughs> so we don't have to yes, go to work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's unfair to have to work and also fast. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that that's the that's your another policy platform for you to stand on when you launch this uh, long discussed political career. Yeah, uh, national yep. holidays for every uh, religious holiday um, that, that is that is celebrated at all in the country. I oh, agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what if you're a Jedi? When when can we celebrate the uh, victory at Yavin? Uh, 
How long off do we get for uh, that? Someone bring me a lightsaber and I'll consider it. Okay, cool. Great. I'll see what I can do. A, I mean a real one as well, not not a replica. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, Shall we get into theme park news? And I, I wasn't. This wasn't the order I was going to start in, but I, the most tenuous of links. Speaking of lightsabers, Josh, uh, oh, Disney okay. have made a fat dollar, from what I can tell, selling replica lightsabers at Disney World and Disneyland over the past year or so. They sure have. Something else they're hoping to make hot dollar from, in terms of merch, <laughs> are. This is. Spider-Man battling bots. Uh, this is the most tenuous link. You I've can't ever spell heard on this show. overpriced merch without Disney. Uh, try that one on Countdown or Scrabble. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that's a very tenuous link, but we're here now. We've made yeah, it. We're here. Full, full, Fourteen minutes. <laughs> Theme parks get a mention. <laughs> um. Yes, so a kind of a mixed slate of news as we'll as we'll shortly find out from Disney this week. But the the battling bots are the first look we've got at uh, at a uh, one of the more physical elements of the upcoming Spider-Man ride at Disneyland, which still has the um, kind of straight to video uh, sequel sounding title of Web Slingers: A Spider-Man Adventure, which I think is a terrible name for. Right, it sounds really lame to what? me. I don't know how you feel. I don't understand why they would. All of these companies are just making terrible names for rides now, like uh, this uh, Hagrid. Just like they have to be very that you have to have uh, the like the brand name in it of the pro- of where the product has come from, and a short description of what the ride is kind of about. All in the title. Yeah. It's like, why can't they just be a title and then you click on it and then there's a short description that says Spider Man's back in blah, 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 you know? I don't know, Josh. I mean, if if politics doesn't work out, I think theme park marketing is your calling. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not hard, surely. You know, people know what Spider Man is. You you can name whatever you want, throw Spider Man -Man picture on it, jobs are good. Anyway, no one's uh, going to think it's Superman. Are you a web slinger who's going to go on a Spider-Man adventure at some point? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Well, if you are, then you will, I think, be tasked with helping Spider-Man round up some of these spider bots that he's Ooh. obviously lost or dropped or something. And um, and <laughs> then after after you've been on the ride, you'll be able to buy a spider bot for yourself. Uh, I'm that... trying to figure out what this is. Well. To be honest with you, they look like something that Hasbro would have made. I mean, the thing about the lightsabers, right? You could, just, if they're over, do you think they're overpriced? Of course they are, but they're they're kind of undeniably pretty cool. Also, you know, they do look the part. I feel they, as far as lightsaber toys go, they look and feel to me pretty premium. And as a Star yeah. Wars fan, I, you know, ahead of my planned trip earlier this year, I had been fully intending to waste however much money it took to buy one of those things. And I might have ended up buying a droid as well, of course, because you can build a droid at at Galaxy's Edge as well. But this thing here, this this really does just look like something that you'd find in in, in a bog standard toy shop, to be honest. Uh, It's kind of a very bright... When is this coming to Groupon? Well, I don't know. Um, But I imagine plenty of them will end up on Facebook Marketplace when kids get bored of them after 10 minutes. 
I think they look a bit cheap. They're very bright. They're bright red and blue. Very plastic looking. I mean, undoubtedly they are plastic, but they really do look like toys. Um, little kind of spiders, obviously. And I think the idea really to get the most out of them is that you buy more than one and they can interact with one another and you can sort of battle them. But yeah. obviously that would require you to buy two, which I'd imagine yeah. will require a mortgage. So, what, how much are we say? How much do you reckon one of these bad boys are? That's a good question. I don't know. Fifty, I'd 50 bucks plus tax. I'd have to look up the prices for the lightsaber and the droid and see if those are you know decent points of reference. I, from what I've seen, based purely on the fact that you can make the droid yourself and the fact that the lightsaber, you get the whole whiz bang experience and it, it looks quite neat. Um, this has surely got to be the cheapest of the three, and mm. and also as I say, if if the kind of you need to get two to really take advantage of the, the full range of features. Uh, they would have to surely come in uh, a fair bit cheaper than the lightsaber and the droid as far as kind of, you know, premium interactive theme park merch goes. This would have to be the yeah. cheapest of the three, I would say. I feel like I need should have looked um, up the prices of the other two, but uh, I feel like you Disney could probably sell these at 50 bucks a piece. I think there'll probably be more than that, to be honest. Um, but Disneyland has has said, Josh, that you uh, these Spider-Bots put you in control of the action to battle opponents with programmed combat and defensive abilities. They can crawl backward and forward, crouch, spin 360 degrees, stare down with their laser eyes, attack opponent Spider-Bots and even blast off their shields. Um None of this screams Spider-Man to me. This is all feels more uh, no. like an Iron Man gadget or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've just looked it up. So the droids, an astromech droid unit is a hundred bucks plus tax for an, for a droid. For a droid that you build yourself. That you build yourself. A lightsaber is two hundred bucks plus tax. Oh my goodness! How? How kind of interactive are the droids? Do they do anything? Is it are they just inanimate inanimate objects completely? Uh, no, they've got um, you can get they've got like a personality. You can give them different personalities, right? Um, and can they are they like so, remote controlled or anything? Can you do something? Do anything with them? They move. They move around. Like so, this article doesn't have a lot of information, but yeah, they do move around. They are they are movable droids. Right. Um, I believe you can get like a, maybe you can get like a, a bag or like a backpack or something to put them in. Right. Um, and I, I think they can interact with other robots as well. So, I mean, would you, in terms of your uh, interest in overpriced merch of this kind, how would you rank the three? What would you most likely purchase? Uh, what we, well, I, I, I think they're all expensive, right? Um, I don't. I feel like the lightsaber is the coolest thing there. Yeah, but it's kind of at the same time kind of pointless. Yeah, um, I, I like, think I'd, I, I, th I th there's there's part of me that wants to say the droid. I think if, I would buy the lightsaber. I think, but hmm, the, the but droid, the fact you can custom. Yeah, Leah. Let's face it. Um, well, if I get to go next year, Josh, I've got to do two. Florida trips worth of ridiculous spending in one, Josh, because I've had one stolen from me. By That's true. By stolen from me even by coronavirus, so I need to make up for lost time. And 
unspent money. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay a hundred bucks for one of these robots. I wouldn't pay two hundred bucks for one of these lightsabers. Uh, and if the, I wouldn't pay. It, well, I wouldn't buy. It, I wouldn't pay any money for it. But this spider spider bot, I, uh, if it's more than fifty bucks, that is a ripoff. You heard it here first, folks. If the spider bot is more than fifty dollars, it's a ripoff. So, yeah, we'll wait and see what they cost. Of course, we don't actually know yet even when Avengers Campus is going to be allowed to open because Disneyland is still closed. Other than, as we discussed, I think the week before last, Downtown Disney has been allowed to reopen to an extent uh, and and now has extended its opening hours. So some positive news for Disneyland fans, uh, the operating hours for the portions that are open uh, have been extended. It is now 9am to 9pm daily. Obviously ties in nicely for people who will maybe be going there to do Christmas shopping uh, and whatnot as we uh, head towards the festive season. Although don't hug your grandma, as we uh, as we know. We've been as official government advice, Josh. Don't hug your gran. Yes. Um, well, it is the season to be jolly careful. It certainly is. It certainly is. Um so yeah, that's that's Disneyland extending hours. Uh, some they're not extending, Josh. Uh, the contracts of Jobs. thousands of staff. <laughs> they are. We, Jesus. Yeah, um, we spoke a few weeks ago at this point about the announcement Disney made to lay off. I think it was something like twenty-eight thousand cast members across yeah, its U.S. theme parks. Uh, we now know, in fact, that it's going to be 32,000. So uh, for you math uh, nerds out there, that is indeed an extra 4,000. And uh, that will be by the end of March. So 32,000 cast members to be out of a job by the end of March, which is a staggering number of people, especially as well, you know, with the timing of it as, you know, that's going to be... Coming up on a on on a part of twenty twenty one, I think where maybe a little bit early, but we'll be edging towards a situation where you would think Disney would be hoping to ramp up a little bit more. You know, as vaccines become more widely available and widely used and widely adopted by people, and maybe international travel becomes a little bit more viable. I might be speaking out of turn, of course. You know, twenty twenty has been so unpredictable. I wouldn't want to uh, make any definitive statements about how this all might pan out but that's a lot of people that are going to be out of work by the time as i say disney might be hoping to scale things back up again in terms of operations so yeah um i think so there's there's a lot going on here right so obviously disney massive firm uh worth a lot of money uh like their valuation is massive uh mm. the point here is that disney are cash poor uh, because they are still trying to create films and TV shows. They can't even uh, afford their are... own spider bots. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to keep the parks open as much as possible. But they're, make, they're definitely making a loss on the theme parks. Um, so, and no films can be released in cinemas, which is where they make most of their money. So, uh, you have all of these problems, which is why they are so cash poor, which, and the problem with being cash poor is that the thing that 
gets paid in cash are the staff. Um, mm. And that's why uh, all these people are getting laid off. It's a... It's a, it's a shame, I mean, and I'm certainly not def- defending Disney in this statement. I'm just, uh, you know, trying to add factual information around the point. Um, Accept it. You're uh, a puppet of the mouse. He's got you on strings, mate. <laughs> uh, Think of yeah, the little God. man for once. Uh, yes, uh, uh, it's a shame. Uh, it is always a shame. Uh, hopefully, all thirty-two thousand people. Uh, find you know, land on their feet and find somewhere else to uh, earn that bread. You know, it's, it's it's but it's tough. Yeah. Yes, yes. We have spoken at length about this on the podcast before. I obviously only echo what you just said about hoping that people are able to land on their feet. It's an absolutely savage jobs market uh, already, and you know, in some way, you know, the 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 true kind of economic uh, potential economic desolation uh is still to come in some ways you know we are still in kind of the eye of the storm as far as coronavirus goes and we are yet to really see the true extent of the damage Uh, and it won't be until we start to kind of brush ourselves down and emerge from the health crisis that we'll be able to kind of survey properly the economic damage and that is a scary thought because it's obviously already yeah. very obvious to people that it's terrible. But as I say, I think it stands to get even worse. And uh, the only upside that I can possibly think of is that I might might finally houses might be moderately more affordable. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, uh, America is in a slightly better situation than we are. Uh, obviously, with the new uh, president in, in Joe Biden. Uh, uh, and you know the work that he did uh, and his party did uh, under the Obama administration uh, clearly shows that they, uh, you know, they they really tried to get you know the pe- number of uh, people that are jobless down. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to do a similar job in the next four years. Um, the UK is in a slightly different situation, obviously, where we've got uh, Brexit happening, like Brexit mm. properly happening. Uh, in uh, January uh, and we've got a conservative government well known for making cuts rather than spending um, where it you know to try and boost the market Uh, obviously this is a bit different during Covid because no one has been able to work properly Um, but yeah yeah the looming shadow of Brexit every time I'm reminded of it is truly terrifying Uh, for people out there who need a point of reference. If you thought the queues for Peter Pan could get big, uh, wait till you see the Port of Dover in a few weeks' time. <laughs> Lorry drivers Jesus. try to transport their goods in and out of the country and are promptly met with absolutely enormous queues that no fast pass system could solve. Did, did you... Uh, this is off, off topic of the podcast, obviously, but did you see the... Uh, off topic on the, the Park Rush podcast? I don't believe Never. You. We're a professional... A theme park journalist. Only half of this uh, has been off topic so far. Yeah. Uh, the the queues uh, due to the uh, French doing a practice run of some of their um, post-Brexit uh, checks at the border, border checks. Uh, it was a massive queue and that was only like a third of the checks they will have to do once full Brexit comes into play. Ugh. Full breakfast. Full breakfast. <laughs> Full breakfast, yes, please. You know what's 
thing about a full breakfast? <laughs> it's an English breakfast. Full, full, full bre- English. Bring full, it on. Full breakfast. Absolutely, yes. Give it to me. Full Brexit. Breakfast means breakfast. <laughs> For, oh, I'm just kind of crazy. I might have to have a cooked breakfast at work tomorrow now, you know. I'm sick. I, I, I like my porridge, and I have porridge pretty much every day, but cook breakfast now that I've... Now that it's on the mind, I might have to go for it. Uh, full Brexit, however, yeah, not looking forward to that. But full breakfast, hand it right over. <laughs> I'd love some, thanks. Um, yeah, well, uh, we'll wait and see what happens with Brexit, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Uh, but Josh, the French may be causing huge queues by practicing the border checks that they're going to have to do because of Brexit. But you know okay. where the French aren't causing huge queues anymore? No, Tom, where? Dis- Disneyland Paris. You know why, Josh? Because it's closed. What? Sacre bleu. Indeed. And uh, I'm sorry to report that it is, in fact, uh, it's obviously been shut since France went back into lockdown because of coronavirus and France is slowly you know, going to much like we are going to start trying to emerge from its latest lockdown. However, Disneyland Paris is going to stay closed uh, until the 12th of February, which means the very lucrative Christmas season uh, will be completely off the cards for uh, Disneyland Paris, which is, um, I believe, unprecedented that it's not going to be open for Christmas. Uh, it's been closed uh, since October 29th, it was obviously closed earlier in the year as well for an extended period of time because of the first wave of COVID-19 and then it shut again for yep. the second French lockdown. I think the original plan was to reopen for Christmas uh, and then shut again in January as a sort of um, insurance policy, if you like. But uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's not going to happen. They're going to stay shut until at least February. So that uh, means it's uh, the, the two Disneyland's, uh, California and Paris, are the are the two Disney parks that are shut right now worldwide. Florida is obviously still chugging along, and then you've got you know Tokyo and Hong Kong and um, uh, Shanghai; those are all open. But uh, yeah. yeah, France, uh-huh. no secret, has been one of the worst hit countries in Europe by coronavirus. So uh, Disneyland, mm. it's uh, you know, fairly obvious that it's um, it's going to have struggled, and it will indeed remain shut but um josh yeah. i don't know about disneyland you but... paris so oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, i was just gonna say disneyland paris is kind of cool in the uh, in christmas because uh because it's uh, obviously a european country um northern european more specific i guess semi or central i don't know whatever you call it uh, more northern than the, the med uh it's uh very christmasy you know feel it's cold you have to wear a cold weather jacket in the in the winter over there mm. um there's potential for uh, winter weather. It's kind of cool, um, which obviously you don't get in uh, Fl- uh, in Florida specifically, or any of the other Disney parks. I, I would I would have thought no, really, yeah. like by and large. Yeah, I mean, even when we yeah. were there in September 2018, uh, I mean, there was one day there that I felt very much at home because it was beautiful, hot and sunny, and it you know it was like being in any other Disney park, frankly, that I'd been to before, meaning Florida. Mm. But there was also a day where it was absolutely chucking it down with rain, which felt very uh, did not, and it was quite chilly. You know, I had a jumper on, and it, it just kind of felt wrong. But no, I, I kind of, I, I agree. Actually, the idea of a kind of wintry Disney, um, not a rainy Disney, but like just a just a cold 
you know, a pleasant cold day, if you like, uh, at yeah. Disney Park is actually quite, it's quite, something quite endearing about that to me. A Christmas and, film Disney. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna gonna watch Noel, by the way, on Disney Plus. Oh the, yes, uh, I have seen that. It's uh, okay. It's, it's kind of one of the. It was kind of one of the the headline Disney Plus originals when it launched this time last year in America. Obviously, it hadn't launched in the UK at that point, so um, this is our first chance yes. to watch it on Disney Plus. So, I watched uh, it last Christmas. Well, we won't discuss the means by no. which you did it, uh, but Anna Kendrick, I'll watch most things that have Anna Kendrick in them. Turns out. Um, Fair play. But yes, what I was going to say is that I don't know about you, Josh, but I would like to go back to Disneyland Paris. Uh, I'd yeah. kind of, I'd kind of always thought that, like, oh well, of course I would just kind of wait until all the new stuff is open. But given all the uncertainty that's been caused by coronavirus and what a rubbish year it's been, and uh, how you know, uh, I think it's made me want to just kind of uh, not overthink stuff that I want to do because you never know when the world is going to collapse in on itself. I think I might actually just quite fancy a uh, bit of a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, an impulse impulsive trip at some point to I'm mm. kind of the fact that I'm thinking about it and planning it almost is kind of the opposite of impulsive but um, yeah I'd quite like to go yes, back on a whim even though, yeah a bit well, on a whim yeah yeah I mean but, on a whim if you have a long weekend what you could do Tom uh, from here is get a train from London all the way to Disneyland Paris. Oh, oh, I could do. How many more checks yeah. will there be, though, after January? Uh, it'd just be a passport check, right? And pay your £14 Euro visa. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But hey, a single train, don't have to worry about driving there or flying and then getting a, just one train straight from London. Josh, wait a minute. Speaking of getting trains what? straight to Disney. Yeah. Coming very soon to an Orlando International Airport near you. What? A train to Disney. No. Yeah, all the way to Disneyland Paris as well. <laughs> <laughs> From Orlando, Orlando International, that's incredible. I know. And all you have to do is pay your 14 euro visa. Um, no, this is, a, this is a train, in fact, that will take you from Orlando International Airport to Disney Springs. Uh, Disney World have signed an agreement with Brightline, the company which is going to operate this railway, uh, it will stop at various other places in in Florida uh, other than the airport. But yeah, getting Disney Springs on the line uh, is, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a, a convenient coup for Disney to have secured. Uh, I've never really gone directly to a an attraction or kind of a holiday destination from the airport. We always kind of, you know, have our own car and and kind of go our our own way from the airport you know we'll we'll go to the we'll go to a Publix first or a Walmart and kind of get essential yep. supplies for a quick and easy meal when we get to the house and enough for breakfast the following morning and then head to the Classic. house from there Josh and then the following day is when we do a kind of bigger food supply run to kind of um kind of last the majority of the rest of the holiday other than you know if if we have um, dinner at home later in the holiday rather than eating out. Anyway, that's um, yeah. a tedious fact about our trips. Uh, but you you you're kind of more on top of this than me, Josh. You are. Uh, you like trains. What's going on with this? Uh, I like hot, I like new, trains. Hot new train. Uh yeah, this is the uh, Brightline, formerly Virgin Brightline uh, train. 
uh, running from uh, potentially all the way down in Miami, all the way up to, uh, if they get it going, uh, like up to Jacksonville and Boca Raton and Aventura and places like that, uh, and Tampa and, you know. Um, and yeah, so it's planning is to run from all the way down in Miami, all the way up to Orlando, and then further on. And that will be obviously in Orlando is where Disney World is. So you'd be able to get a train from Miami all the way to uh, Disney World. Uh, three hours is is how is how long they expect that to be. Um, I'm not sure how long it is uh, like a drive, but yeah, three hours and on. Don't have to worry about it. Just sit back, relax. Take a train. Brightline is not a sponsor. No. Um, I mean, three hours sounds like a fair trek still to me, you know. I know Florida's a big place, but that, you know, the idea uh, of getting a train, being able to get a train within Florida to get to Disney sounds like, I mean, we were talking about doing things on a whim earlier. That sounds like that would be the appeal to me of being able to get a train to Disney is the ability to do it on a whim. I'm going to hop on the train. I'll be there in an hour. That's not what this is, so yeah. Uh, I, no, but you know, um, so depending on traffic, it could take you um, up to four hours, maybe, to get to Orlando. Maybe longer, depend obviously depending on traffic. So hmm. um, take some time off your journey, also you don't have to drive. Um, yeah. Also, trains in America are an absolute nightmare. I was um, about to say my I, kind of. I don't really, I can't really envisage public transport in America. I don't really. The only public transport I've got in America was, uh, uh, was the the subway in New York to get all around the city. Yeah, so some of them, ha- some of them have a subway, um, like Chicago, off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, New York, uh, Las Vegas has a monorail. Um, look, there there are cities that have uh, metro systems. Uh, there is the kind of northern. Northeastern area of uh, the US has a pretty a pretty good train network, relatively speaking, to the rest of America. Um, but the problem is, is that all of the train lines are owned by uh, uh, freight companies. They're all privately owned by freight companies, uh, or for, for a lot of them are anyway. So uh, the passenger rail services like Amtrak have to rent uh, like a slot on these lines. Um, so they can do these like cross America journeys and stuff like that, um, and the freight companies always get right of way, pretty much over the uh, passenger lines. So uh, and yeah, like they're really long journeys. Um, they're kind of cool journeys. Like watching, I've watched a few of them on YouTube, like highlights of going from like New York to Seattle or something like that. And it's, that does sound there cool. There are some really cool, really cool journeys and like the changing scenery and stuff as you go across the Great Plains. Um, it's really cool to see, but sounds like an absolute pain in the backside. And trains can run hours late, based on uh, what's going on on the line. Right. Well, um, for listeners out there, if that sounds appealing, watching highlight videos of trains, try and find the try and find of Dartford to Albany Park. I'm sure one exists on Ooh. YouTube. The scenery truly sin- scintillating from start to finish. Oof. Don't stop it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so that is the uh, brand new, not quite Walt Disney Road Railroad Railway. Uh, yeah, uh, some of it's already running from Miami to West Palm Beach, which is like an hour's journey. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, it should be should be interesting. 
Indeed. I think a lot of it is like new rail as well, which would be cool. Nice. Uh, final news item. It's the big one of the week, I, th- I feel. Uh, Disney Imagineering legend Joe Rody or Joe Road? I've heard it said both ways. Uh, Rody, I believe it is. Very much. Um, that is what, yeah. Right. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, very much closely tied, especially to Animal Kingdom uh, and and even more specifically there, Pandora, the world of Avatar, but he has worked on other attractions as well during his time. Uh, people who've watched the Imagineering story will be very familiar. He, he had plenty of screen time. There, I did start watching Magic of Animal Kingdom this week. Uh, yet to see him, oh, nice. it's not really it grabbed me so far. It's not anything like the Imagineering story, it's not really about the Imagineering side of Animal Kingdom. It, I mean, it's billed as a Nat Geo documentary on Disney Plus, so you should know what you're getting in for. It's all about how they care for the animals and, and whatnot. Uh, and I feel like I've seen plenty yeah. of animal documentaries before, whether about animals in captivity or animals in the wild, and I've probably seen better and more interesting ones than this, but hey-ho. Anyway, uh, Joe Rody has announced his retirement from uh, Walt Disney Imagineering. After almost 40 years, uh, he will retire in 2021, and uh, he po- posted a heartfelt message on it on his Instagram page, I believe, Josh, which you have got to hand yes um well so this is on the walk disney imagineering uh insta um but it says after an illustrious 40-year imagineering career joe Rody just shared his plan to retire on january 4th 2021 uh, we can't thank joe enough for his infectious passion being an incredible teacher and mentor and for inspiring generations of disney imagineers and guests from around the world wishing joe Rody all the best in his next journey and on the many year many many more adventures yet to come um i do follow um him on instagram uh and he is always off traveling around the world um seeing new things and uh new inspirations and taking some really great photos of uh you know interesting uh artifacts from tribes and uh cl- classical buildings and that sort of thing it's really really great to see yeah he just seems like such a smart creative engaging guy someone you'd probably love to work for and that you know this is all based on what i've seen of him in the imagineering story really uh, but there's um there's a lovely post that i would recommend seeking out from the president of walt disney imagineering bob vice who is also um uh, obviously got a big presence in the imagineering story he's written a lovely post also on his instagram page which is worth seeking out um and joe Rody's post itself uh, is also well worth looking at and as you said Josh some of the pictures he's posted on his Instagram page are great so he'll probably continue to be well worth a follow even after he's left uh, Walt Disney Imagineering he's probably he's probably quite sad that you know his final full year in the job has been this one you know given the disruption that it's caused to uh, to his job no doubt that he has loved doing Uh, but Mm, to be honest I guess the straw that broke the camel's back is maybe the fact that he's finally been told he can't fix the disco yeti Maybe that's what's done. <sighs> that uh, should be a retirement gift for him. Yeah, yes, actually, you know? you're right. The park's been shut a lot of the year. Just fix the goddamn thing. Mm. Yeah. For, for Joe Rody's sake. Do, do um, it for actually, Joe. Fix uh, it for one Joe. of the good things. Uh, yes, I say one. Of, one of the decent, cool things about the park being shut is that Joe Rody 
um, did a series called The Roads Less Travelled on the YouTube channel, the Disney Parks YouTube channel, uh, where, because uh, he was, he kind of instigated a lot of the kind of thematic designs of the different areas of Animal Kingdom. Um, and so they would pick out a, set, a certain section, like uh, the windows of Animal Kingdom or the ageing and patina in, in the buildings uh, and things like that. Um, and he would go on, you know, discuss uh, who, like, where the, you know, the elements came from and who was involved in the creation of those parts for Animal Kingdom and that sort of thing. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I highly recommend tracking it down. I will tell you what, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Josh, there are so many links for you to put in the show notes this week. There's Instagram oh, profiles, mate. there's YouTube videos of train journeys and Animal Kingdom uh, did you knows and all sorts of stuff. I, I don't know how you're going to fit them all into these show notes. It's going to be a dissertation of show notes this week. Someone has to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, he, he has been quite engaged with the fan demand, right, to bring the Yeti back to its original form. You know, he's often kind of teased that uh, he'd like to do it himself, but obviously always reiterates how much work it would actually be required to do it. You'd almost have to take down the whole of Everest itself and uh, yeah. ju just to refit the Yeti because of the way it's been built into the mountain. Yeah, it's very much like a part of the structure. Mm. Um, it's actually uh, one of the things they learned from doing that uh, is can be seen in how they went about designing uh, the, the structure for... Uh, the two avatar rides because they're designed in such a way that you can pull a, an animatronic out of the back of the ride and it um, and it won't like affect anything you can just do it automatically it's really it's really quite clever um, well that's going to do it our best wishes to Joe Rody. he's still got a few weeks yeah. left in the gig before he hangs up his um, his, his his boots his gloves his uh, fedora his whatever else he wears when he goes to work uh, I'm sure he'll massive, become massive set of earrings. Yes, yes. Uh, that, he... that always has has me. You know, as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> now we're getting to business. Yeah. Uh, he um, he will become a Disney have that kind of legends thing, don't they? For uh, they have like a legend scheme for people that have made like a huge impact to the company in some way. It's very varied. Like I think Robert Downey Jr. is a Disney legend because of uh, because of him playing Tony Stark all those years, for example. But I think lots of, to Iron Man. Yeah, I think lots of <laughs> yeah, I think lots of um, yeah. Mickey Mouse comes out, basically does the whole knighting thing with a big sword. Yeah. Uh, knights Robert Downey Jr. is a becomes a mouse of the realm for services to. <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, but yeah, I think it's quite, you know, Imagineers that have obviously had a big impact um, are inducted into that and I'm sure Joe Rody will be. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's different levels as well, obviously. So you've got like a, a member of the Disney Empire and then or, uh, Order <laughs> of the Disney Empire. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it's well, all, It's all about being a Mouseketeer though, obviously. Yes, of course. That's the peak. Um, um, I, there's actually Tom one last bit of one, small bit of news I'd like to mention. Thing. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh, is it? Um, is it? Is it? Is it that you played oh. Disneyland Adventures on your Xbox Series X and are it's reporting not. back on the performance gains that have been made as a result? 
It's not, but maybe next week uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll report back. Uh, um, maybe if, if I can set up uh, Twitch to get to our Twitch account, then maybe I'll on the Xbox. I will. Oh, it's very back. straightforward. Even I can do it. Genuinely. Oh, it's very. Oh, easy. I think I'll find it very tough. Nice. Um, but it is game related. Oh, um, okay. Obviously, one of our favourites of the year to have played, um, not a sponsor, is getting a multiplayer update. Oh yes, uh, Parkitect. Parkitect, which uh, we spoke about last week. We, fi- I mean, we spoke about it when it first came out. We touched on it throughout all the time we've been doing this podcast, and we did it. Uh, we finally covered it officially as part of our Thing Park video game review series last week. And then, as luck would have it, uh, they announced this uh, big update for uh, online multiplayer. Yeah, eight uh, players. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think we should get uh, we should get a game going time at some point. Yeah, we just need to so find six uh, six more friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it'd be a bit of a struggle, I feel. But um, if you if I'll you want to play, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you want to play, uh, email us podcast at parkrush dot com <laughs> or tweet us at parkrush podcast or find us on Twitch Twitch TV slash Twitch Twitch dot TV slash parkrush. Uh, the show notes, Josh Joshua Lawrence dot info. Mm. And um, the podcast, parkrush.com. Uh, that's going to do it. Just before we do go, speaking of theme park video games, uh, the schedule that I've written down for the rest of the year uh, does indicate that next week we return to our theme park video game review series. And in fact, we'll, we'll remain on that course for kind of the rest of the year here, really. I think unless there's major news that kind of derails the plan, our hope is to get through the end of this thing, part video game review series, by the end of the year, by the time we get to Christmas. Um, so a few things to look forward to. You get your four days of household mixing and getting your gran and your, your various other relatives uh, deadly ill uh, or deathly ill. And uh, and also uh, you'll you'll get to the conclusion of our theme part video game review series. First up next week, uh, apparently, is Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures, which... Um, Will require that one. us to spend money on a some Nintendo Switch. Oh God! <laughs> Do we have the capability okay. to stream that? You've sold your capture card, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So you, the listeners got good just, money for it, though. So uh... right. Well, the listeners will just have to take our word for it then. That it, I mean, you, we can at least take screenshots, I think, and like short video clips on the on the Switch itself and share those to the Twitter page. I believe you can do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, we could put them up as um, fleets tweets. Oh uh, yes, what they call we can do fleets now from the Park Crush account. Yeah, I put up some lovely pictures of our Christmas decorations, um, many of which have been sourced from Disney and Universal over the years. So do go and have a look at those if you haven't. Yeah, already. my tree is going up uh, next week as we're recording this, so I will add to those fleets oh excellent well yes traditionally yeah. ours goes up first weekend of december but i think we you know to beat the tier three blues uh we went for it and did it uh did it earlier in november it seems unprecedented but it, there's definitely um a sense that a lot more people are doing it this year you know just to kind of give themselves a bit of a pick-me-up you know spruce up the house a bit everyone's trapped inside yeah. maybe take a bit more time over it uh, well, Christmas trees are essential, Tom. We've well, yes, as we found out earlier, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Rollercoaster Tycoon Adventures. There's a massive, but not a sponsor, 
uh, there's a massive Black Friday sale still ongoing on the eShop on the Switch. So there's every chance Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures is included in that. In fact, while we're still on air, I will check right now, Josh. Uh, fill the air, fill the air, fill the air. Oh my God, I can't believe you're going to do that on air. I have actually just looked up the scores on Metacritic uh, and it has a staggeringly low 56 out of 100 on the meta score and 4.5 on the user score i am not looking forward to it um <laughs> i'm gonna try and get some uh so see if i can find some companies on this list that i actually recognize um xgn says the game controls fine it's fun to build a park but the game is too easy what's worse is the performance and the many bugs they josh. make the game pretty disappointing josh I might have to veto Tom. this as a plan. Why? This is £44. <laughs> what? I'm paying £4 for this crap. £44? Not even on offer. How's that work? I'm looking at it now. Right. So, adventure and family fun await. Build over 200 wacky rides, coasters, shops and more. Rollercoaster Tycoon Adventures brings the legendary... Rollercoaster Tycoon series into the next generation, combining classic RCT gameplay with the modernised user experience of the critically acclaimed mobile title Rollercoaster Tycoon Touch. Oh. Uh, all customised for the oh, unique yes. features critically of Nintendo acclaimed. Switch. Build your entertainment empire in three distinct game modes. Classic campaign, tricky scenarios and the open sandbox. Play it on your TV or on the go. It's never been so easy to become a roller coaster tycoon. Um, blimmin' hell, £44. I think even if we split it, 22 quid is too much, I think. Uh, yeah, it's cheaper to buy it boxed on Amazon, but... Oh, uh, right, how much is it on there? Um, 20, uh, £29. £29. Should we split it? It could be uh, each other's Christmas present. <laughs> I don't... Uh, it, it might not even come until ne uh, for next week's podcast. Oh, might it not? Oh, right. Well, right. I mean, we've got a bit of leeway because what, where possible we have tried to go in completely in release order when we've been doing this. Uh, Rollercoaster Second Adventures is a 2018 game and so is Jurassic World Evolution. So um, Rollercoaster Second did come first in that calendar year, but, you know, we could... We could Fudge it. We could fudge it a little bit, I guess. If if it's for the sake of an Amazon delivery slot, we could maybe fudge it. Sure. Uh, okay. All right. We'll we'll think about it. We'll think about it. It's not maybe now. It's not completely off the card. Something else I didn't realise. Uh, Rollercoaster Tycoon Three is on here, and that's twenty pounds. Oh, okay. There is a Switch version of that. Is that the complete edition? It's the complete edition. It came out actually only on the twenty fourth of September of this year. So yes. that would be why yeah. it's kind of passed me by. Uh, I don't know how that is meant to sort of run on Switch and what the interface is like. I imagine it's similar to the iOS version of RCT3. But um, uh, you would imagine? Don't know. Maybe worth looking into. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think that would justify a, a an episode to itself. But Rollercoaster Tycoon Adventures looks like a slightly more bespoke game. I know it says it's kind of built on the Touch mobile game, but it it looks a bit different to me. Uh, Okay, I believe you. I did play some of that. Anyway, we'll we'll decide at a later date, and okay. and keep you all informed via our various social channels uh, that we have already plugged. Um, but yes, all right. Well, so coming up next week, either that 
or Jurassic World Evolution, depending on Amazon's delivery. Uh, sounds good to me, Josh. And you'll be able to play... I mean, I know you said you were going to... I'm going to play Jurassic World on Xbox, obviously, because I don't have a PC. Um, you were going to play it on PC, but of course, now that you have a new Xbox, might might you be tempted to also play it on Xbox and get this kind of super fast SSD-powered no. version? Uh, no. Oh, right. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, mouse and keyboard is the best way to play uh, one of these games, right? So I guess. I guess. Can you not um, plug a PC? P- plug a PC. Plug a mouse plug and a PC keyboard. Plug the Xbox. Plug yeah, a mouse yeah, and no. keyboard into your fridge. Uh, yes. I don't know if the game necessarily supports it, though. Right. Sure. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. But yes. We'll have one of these games for you next week and then the other one the week after that. And then after that, Planet Coaster Console Edition, which we are treating as a separate game to the OG Planet Coaster. Uh, And then, yeah, once those are out of the way, we've got a a special surprise that I'm looking forward to. And Josh especially, I think, is thrilled. Oh, yeah. It's my favourite time of the year. To be doing. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a long-time listener, um, think back to last Christmas... Uh, what we what had we been doing during the year in the build up to Christmas and what was the Christmas crescendo? Uh, look back up, look back at that time and 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 fast forward to this year and think what what could possibly be uh, on the cards this time round. You'll probably be able to work it out. But it's very exciting. It's very exciting indeed. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. However, we'll be back next time. Until then, take it easy, especially if you're in tier three. Uh, with Josh and I. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.